It's the Score North Twin Show. Alert. Alert. The Twins are on the grid today. The Twins are on the Immaculate Grid today. None of us have done it yet. We will unveil the Immaculate Grid. We know the Twins are on it. We'll unveil it later in the show here, but I am so excited. Now, Declan, you have seen it, correct? So you do do you know the teams? Because I didn't even I don't even look at that. Yes. Yeah, I mean he I, knows the teams. You, right, you have to right. look at the grid. But, but I'm saying yeah. I'm just excited by who the teams are. Because yeah. this is where you can really go. Like like Phil did a a Cardinals Vikings one. You should brag about oh, that dude. just a little bit. That's a thing of beauty. I know this is the twin show and no one yeah, cares. But still, but, it's the Immaculate Grid. It's I, got, I love the Immaculate Grid. I got so yeah because the, the football one had the Vikings on it. So you needed a Viking who was a Cardinal, a Viking who was a Lion, and then a Viking with a thousand yard rushing season. And um, I just did those three. I didn't even do the rest of the grid. Right. I, I I don't know when you've when you've got perfection here. So Terry Allen for the thousand yard rusher was point seven percent. Jerry Ball for the Lion, who was a Viking, was 0.4%. So that's 1.1%. And then Mike Morris, our friend, the superstar Mike Morris, as the Cardinal, who was a Viking, at 0.004%. 1.1%. That's a beautiful thing. Dex, just give us us one of the other teams on the grid. Just off the top of your head. Uh, Milwaukee. Okay. I'll let that marinate. In your heads. Oh, I've got one. All right. Oh, all right. Sam, old, old school. <laughs> and I know I'm right this we, time. It's no I don't know if we Rivers. Okay. I don't know if we trust you anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah well, thanks, Bob Feller. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've lost my my trust card in this game a long time ago. Um, so let's get to some feedback Friday questions from you guys, you crazy Twins fans, as we gear up for this stretch run here. We should update the magic number count here. I don't know if the graphics team had time. Oh, overnight or was, not the graphics team i believe was secretly on the boat and then having a few extra cocktails at home last <laughs> it's okay. night yeah. it's okay. oh boy the graphics team t- took it home huh they did that's they did take it home issue. that's all the, the right guardians it, got nipped in the bottom of the ninth the guardians took a one-run lead over the the quitting angels the irony here the angels dumped half their roster to the guardians and the Guardians took a one-run lead into the ninth, and uh, Class A blew the save, a 3-2 win for the Angels. So now the Guardians are six and a half games back of the Twins entering the weekend here. The Twins get three against the fading New York Mets and then three against the feisty, fighting Tampa Bay Rays at Class home. By the way, blown, blown a lot of saves this season. He's got a lot, but he's blown a lot. Yeah. Twins.com slash tickets if you want to go to some of these games. Great, it's a great crisp fall air here on a Friday night. Um, Mets, Rays, September relevant baseball. Twins looking to clinch the division and a playoff spot for the first time in a few years. Twins.com slash tickets if you want to hang out at the ballpark. The best bar in the Twin Cities, by the way. Rays series intrigues me a lot. I I really want to see that because the Rays are obviously good. Their second half has not been as good as their first half, but like that—that's. I think that should be sort of a fun marker of where where this team is at a bit. Oh, but the last time you said that was Texas, and then the Twins took five of seven from Texas. They're I know, a that's six, what I'm saying. Sixteen game lead. That's There's what I'm saying. The, or I'm looking forward lead. to it. No, but you five. just. But then you dismissed it. You, they took five of seven from Texas, and now after the fact, you're like, "Wow, well, the bullpen was bad." And blah, blah, blah. No, no, I said, "Don't blow it in the playoffs. Ah. Don't screw up." No. 
As, as Declan as Declan put out on Twitter, all I said was, Rocco and Derek, get out of the way and allow this team to do its job. No, the, the Texas thing was impressive, and I'd love to see Texas because the bullpen is bad in Texas. So, uh, by the way, on the magic number feedback countdown, so if the twin, I, I was reading, because the magic number website that I use, because I'm not doing the actual hand math. Um, it's pretty no. easy now, though, right? You, you're it's just mostly pretty easy, but, but I, I, I was told if the Twins had won the season series on Wednesday, it actually right. would have gone down an extra game on top yes. of the two that would have happened. They the lose tie the tiebreaker. So I don't know if this web, I think this website, I don't know if that's factoring in the tiebreaker anymore, but I still think this is accurate. Mm. It's close enough. If yeah. we need to calibrate in like a week or something, we can, we can calibrate. Well, let's get let's. There's a few comments here from uh, the YouTube comment section, the Scornorth YouTube channel, where twins, uh, the Scornorth Twin Show lives, and then uh, the feedback tab in the Scornorth app that they picked up on the fight we had on the show the other day about Judd's attitude and some people that are kind of coming to your defense here. Paul Wade says, "Phil, I think you were too hard on Judd's twins negativity. What Judd has is twins apprehension. This current regime's bad trade for injured pitchers, mishandling pitching staffs during games, questionable lineups. Why wouldn't Judd have apprehension? I think Judd's biggest fear is that the opponent in the first playoff game will use a right-handed opener and Rocco will have put all his left-handed bats in the lineup. And then in the second inning, a real starter and a left-hander will come in and Rocco will remove all of his left-handed bats and now they don't have a bench and, oh my God, the sky's falling. Uh, By the way... (laughs) I would buy a Scornorth shirt that said, Judd, uh, colon, you need to listen to me. <laughs> Judd, you need to listen to me. All from my dreams. Wow. <laughs> and I'll give, you, I'll give you one more here, too, and you can just respond here. Uh, Tevin Mulvick says, Phil and Declan were saying on Wednesday's show that Judd was too critical of the Twins. Judd, be as critical as possible until they win a damn playoff game. Just think of how positive you were during the 2019 season, thinking, holy crap, yep. they might go to the World Series. And then being traumatized by the results, do not let up until they win. And just to be very, very clear, I because Royce Lewis has changed my feeling about this team as far as the players go, my criticism revolves around Falvey, Levine, maybe to a certain point. I don't know. I don't like to tie those two together as much now. And Rocco Baldelli. So... My criticism, I I think my apprehension remains very founded because I am apprehensive about people who have shown a propensity to screw things up. So yeah, like, and- I'm not saying Royce Lewis is going to fail in the playoffs or, you know, Carlos Correa. I mean, will he ground into a key double play? Perhaps, probably. But my real, in 2019, that's a good parallel. You know why? Because that team was pretty damn good. And I got taken up with, my God, you know, it's not the same team that's lost all these playoff games. Rocco Baldelli's new. I thought Rocco's first year went very well. It partially had to do with the um, influence that Nelson Cruz had. And now I've seen Rocco and I've seen this administration handle playoff games. And, yeah, until they until they don't step on their own foot in a playoff game to submarine their own team and players, I'm going to be apprehensive. That's a very good word. I'm apprehensive. Right. But I think I, I think to say that Declan and I aren't a little apprehensive, like we've lived through the I'm not speaking for you guys. Well. They are. But he, I'm but not I speaking know, for you guys. But he, the, to me, this is like there's like a meta conversation about the show happening on top of our twins conversations, which is, okay, you're apprehensive. And Declan and I are also kind of apprehensive. But and by the way, I think where you're coming from, it does naturally balance out where maybe Declan and I are coming from. And it happens to probably bring a great balance to the show. And we should, 
we should all be true to ourselves. So I'm not saying you should necessarily like flip a 180. But when the Twins take the first two games against Cleveland and people come into the show here and they're excited and the offense is clicking and Royce Lewis and the starting pitching and all this stuff. And Declan and I are like, yeah, we're a little apprehensive, but wow, this thing's going in the right direction. And then you have a five-gallon bucket of water, cold water that you're pouring on it. That's where we stepped in and we're like, I mean, okay, like we're apprehensive too, but you know, they're doing a lot of the things that we wanted them to do a couple months ago when we were all ready to, you know, mm-hmm. nuke the organization again. I'm there, there, there's there's definitely times to be positive. Yeah. Like, uh, remember when they got swept by the Royals going to the All Star break, and both you guys said, "Don't even buy at the deadline; it's not worth it." And I kind of was the one that said, hold on, it's one sweep. It's not going to define your season. However, I will say you guys were warranted to come in with criticism after being swept by the worst GD team in baseball on the heels of the trade deadline. There's time and place to Phil's point of being positive and negative. I found it just very interesting that after two really nice wins against the Guardians, you basically took a dump on the Twins for like 10 minutes. <laughs> well, because I am looking ahead to what to the, the, the fact as sports dad, they're going to make the playoffs. I truly believe that. And it's my job to get a- ahead of that now to caution those who need caution to back off to do so. And by the way, on the deadline still, I stand by my statement. Would it be nice to have bull- bullpen help right now? Perhaps. And by, by the way, their bullpen's not a complete mess. Like Texas is Dude. a complete mess. And Louis Louis Varlin looks like he's Louis, a right, nice little right. addition to that. And bullpen. my and my point was, if you can make the playoffs with this team, knock yourself out. At that point, I was, you know, until Cleveland dumped itself, I did. I was not convinced. But I still stand by, and I don't think I've criticized them for not making deadline trades because I said, you know what, if this team can do it, that's cool. But I am not giving up future. I'm not entertaining prospects, especially good ones, for what appears to be, you know, you're going to win a bad division. Uh, But right now, I am looking ahead to the goal of this show, which is to win a playoff game. And I can firmly tell you that's going to get done by people not getting in the way of a possible win. Brigetti Kirby chimes in in the YouTube comment section here. Everyone's saying this is the most excited they've been since the early 2000s is all with hindsight. 2019, there's no way everyone here wasn't more excited during the Bomba season. Good point. Stop it. That's fair. That's 100% right. I think it it is. It's it's fair to say that this is among the most excited. And and it's um, like, but that even to say like, well, the young nucleus, they had a young nucleus then too, or at least a nucleus that was emerging into their primes. You had Kepler and Buxton and Sano and all the, like Rosario was on that team. So that's fair. I, I would say the 2019 season definitely had a lot more excitement and fun, and we had a lot more belief in that throughout the duration of the whole twin season. I, I believe, though, the parallel between the young players like Royce Lewis, um, Edward Julian, Matt Walner, Kirloff when he gets back, I do think that is reminiscent of what they were able to start building in the early 2000s. So I, I think there's two sides to that conversation. Yeah, two, 2000. 19 was definitely more of, of a consistent high. Like this has been a roller coaster ride, but I will, but I will say, and, and I'm sort of the poster child of this statement. Royce Lewis redefines how we feel about this team. Mm-hmm. Like I do that, think Royce Lewis, Royce Lewis brings a factor that the majority of young players do not have. And there's a, we're going to get to a Royce Lewis comment here in a second, but just, 
like to the point about the nucleus. And so you got this nucleus led by Rice Lewis and Walner and Julian and, you know, whoever else you want to put in that bin. I think the most disappointing part about the 2019 season is that it kind of marked the peak of that generation of twins players. You had a bunch of dudes who were like 25 through 27 Mm -hmm. franchise cornerstone, young players that were top 50 baseball America prospects emerging and having career seasons and Sano and Kepler and Buxton, that nucleus, including on the pitching side, Jose Barrios, they actually have a better pitching staff now than they did then, but they had Barrios. They decided not to sign into an extension. A couple of years later, they trade him, right? That nucleus was supposed to be a three to five year window of divisions and competing and maybe winning a world series. The pandemic hits, they did win a division in an abbreviated season, fart noise in the playoffs. And that was it. Missed the playoffs. 21, 22, Sano gets worse in his prime. Kepler gets worse in his prime. Buxton can't stay healthy. So, you know, this that era of Twins baseball just leaves a really sour taste in people's mouths. And hopefully this one can be more like the early 2000s one where they actually largely stick together for many, many years. Yes. But maybe they can go beyond you know, only winning the one series that that, uh, that that core won 20 years ago. And so here's my deep fear. Like my deepest, darkest fear is, is this. Game two, a Yankee Stadium, 2019, when they start, Dobnik was like, uh, what are you doing? Like, huh? Huh? Because up until then, you know, we praised, rightfully so, Rocco had been great. Like, like the Twins had made a lot of good decisions. Um, and and Falvey looked great at that point. But then in game two, they start, Dobnik, it's like, hold on a second, this is the playoffs. This guy drove an Uber like six months ago. And then the real thing that has sent me off the cliff was 2020, an Astros team that, if I'm not mistaken, was the only playoff team that season to make the playoffs under 500. I think they finished a game under. And go back and watch those two games. One of those games was winnable as hell, at least one, if not both. And that's where I, and that's why I've got this PTSD for the playoffs now. Because that's where I was like, like that Astro series, I walked out of that series angry. Yeah. What's funny, and maybe this is revisionist too, but I, I don't have those twins teams in the two, in the early 2000s, they looked uptight and nervous. It's funny how swaggy they were in the regular season, but then when they got into these Yankee series, it was like the bats were gripped tighter. And, and I had been told by people in that room to the garden hire kind of contributed to that at times. It was, everything was a little tighter. I don't get that sense with some of these guys like the Julians and the certainly Royce Lewis's, but in fairness, revisionist, I also didn't get that sense from the Bomba squad. That team felt like, Oh, they don't give a rip, man. Eddie Mm -hmm. Rosario, like Sano, these guys are just going to walk in. Um, So I don't know, man, I, I don't have, I have PTSD, but I don't have the same PTSD maybe that you do. I think there is a, a bit more of a clean slate here than, than going back and comparing to three years ago. So here's the here's the weird thing. The, the Twins team that turned around in Guardy's first year and beat the A's was 2002, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the weird thing. That team had swagger. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, and I'm not saying that this trade was not a great trade, and I'm not saying Joe Maurer is not a Hall oh, of Fame wow, catcher. Wow. Oh, this is a take. But this in retrospect... Who had the who's got the most swagger of anyone on those teams? And he was hated. And by he some was of great. Teams. And he was great. AJ Pruszynski. Do, do you think for one God, second dude, that AJ Pruszynski would have get, given a flying bleep about the New York Yankees? 
Okay. When, when everybody else was like, oh, my God, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm so nervous. A.J. Przezinski would have said, bring them on. So Joe Maurer was a far superior player to A.J. Przezinski. 100%. Okay. Just be, and let's be very clear about that. However, you know, Maurer was injured for the 2004 run. He was injured for the 2000, well... I guess he was there for 2009 and 10, and then and then he got injured again in 06. 11. Oh, six, he was there. He was a batting title winner there. So he was. I mean, he didn't, but he didn't have like big playoff runs or anything. If you could have, but then you got Liriano. There's no argument there. There's no, no I know. And the Joe Nathan. There's. I was trying to yeah, make an the argument. There is, too, there is. There no, is. There no, is no the argument. Was, it's it's the, one of the best trades in. The trade was fantastic. All I'm saying is <laughs> that sw- that swagger not being there yeah, did Im- did. Impact them well, dude. Because, you know who else had swagger? David Ortiz. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. And you gave him away. That's a great point. Interesting. On Royce Lewis, who does have point. swagger, Dash ninety six fifty eight on YouTube says, if Lewis had the same number of at bats as Mookie Betts, his numbers would extrapolate to thirty nine bombs and one hundred seventeen RBIs this year. It's not always that easy, but right. It, it is fair to say that the Twins just kind of snapped their fingers and put one of the best hitters in baseball in their lineup for a postseason run. Yep. Or one yep. of the hottest hitters anyways. At at a position where they were basically trying to play fringe guys, too. Mm-hmm. So now you got two shortstops on the, the left side of your infield. And, and, you know, Royce might not be a completely polished, perfect third baseman, but he's made some great plays, too. Yeah. So... Let's see here. Uh, David Ortiz, you're so right about that, too. Can you imagine? Well, and then, I mean, Ortiz, you could have had him around for, like, the 06. Imagine putting him on that 06 team, too. and You probably don't lose that series, and you certainly don't look like a whimpering bunch of whatever they were in that series. That was terrible. Immaculate grid coming up here momentarily. But uh, Rick Meish chimes in on YouTube and says, all three of you guys wanted to sell everyone in St. Paul to get loner players to go to the World Series a couple years ago and last year. Eat your words. We have players on the team now, young guys who are making a mark. And then Sam Doroff says, you guys, especially Declan, constantly beg for the Twins to destroy their farm system for rental players. Trade Royce Lewis. If you ran the front office, we wouldn't have any of these guys that you are praising. If I ran the front office, I'd have the same amount of Twins playoff wins as they do. So I, 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 <laughs> what, what, what argument do you really want to make here? Look, if, if, if we're talking about, and yes, it's hilarious. It's blown up because Otani's now injured. It's the greatest baseball player that's ever played for the last, like, 10, 15 years. I know Mike Trout's in that conversation, too. But I was okay with doing that at the time. And I'm okay with trading your prospects when it's time to trade your prospects. I was never okay with the uh, the Otani thing for reasons that we've debated because he was a rental player. Where people are throwing it back at me is two years ago. This is two years ago. I said, hey, I would trade an injured Royce Lewis and just roll the dice that he's never going to stay healthy for two years of Frankie Montaz before Frankie Montaz got hurt. But that's the risk of trading for pitchers. So, but I think in general teams and the twins tend to be too frugal when it comes to what you have to give up to get an impact player. And then right. when they, when they do trade capital, like Spencer steer, for instance, it's for like known injured pitchers. So I guess you're going to, so first of all, we're going to be wrong and we've clearly been wrong a lot on this show. But generally speaking, if you look at a top 10 prospect list for any organization and then compare it five years later, 10 years later, it's a lot of guys like 
Aaron Hicks and Ben Revere and Jason Kubel that, you know what? They really aren't as good as Max Kepler, right? Oh, my God. Miguel Sano, that they don't pan out to the level that you think. Hopefully, Royce Lewis does. And if he does, it'll be one of my worst takes of all time, the Frankie Montage thing. But Yeah. And I, I would say that the one thing with Royce that we can't assume, because I, I think we assumed it would change with Buxton, and it has never changed, is that he is going to stay healthy. It's a big like, if. That's a big if. This right. guy go is torn it. Go his get ACL one now, twice. Man. Go make a run this year. He's healthy right now. Go make yeah. a freaking run Oh, and run he's a great right player. And, and from a fan standpoint, I hope he has a great career and does not get hurt again. But, you know, Byron Buxton, there's going to be a conversation here at the end of the day, I think, unfortunately, with Buxton. It's going to be one of the saddest things in Minnesota sports. The what if there. Yep. Yep. Well, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll come back and do like a Kirk Gibson hobble out for one big home run or something. Swing. And, the postseason. The thing that sucks, though, is his whole game was built upon those knees working. Yep. Well, that ship is uh, is know. gone I know. from I know the port. Right. Hey, over right now at scorenorth.com slash shop, we have a collectibles wing. You can click on the collectibles section, and there's some really cool twin stuff in here. Actually, I'm looking uh, kind of toward the bottom here. Tory Hunter signed a uh, it's a custom white baseball jersey signed by Tory Hunter. That's pretty badass. Old you can school. buy that right now. Mm-hmm. You've got there's some great Viking stuff in here right now. I love that Sandlot for baseball fans. The Sandlot cast signed custom baseball jersey. How cool would that be in a man cave or, um, you know, hung up on your office wall or something? Scorenorth.com slash collectibles. Use the code SCORE, S-K-O-R, to save 10% on all products site-wide. Thanks to our friends at Universal Sports Auctions. And a shout-out to our friends over at Power Lodge and Miller Marine here. So uh, whether it's on water or on land, it all starts with Power Lodge. You've got anything from Bennington pontoons all the way over to the land-based ATVs and snowmobiles. We're still milking summer for everything it's worth you the next few weeks, Judd. It's not over yet. Throttle therapy, my friend. And and I looked uh, a week from Sunday. It's supposed to be, I believe, 80 degrees. Well, let's just say the Vikings play on Thursday night. That means you're going to have a Sunday free from football. What better way to spend it than on the water, on a Bennington? Yeah. Again, yeah. after two after two Vikings yeah. games, you know what you might need? Some throttle therapy. Let me talk to you. Power Lodge and Miller Marina there for you. That's PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com. All right, the Twins are on the grid. We've waited long enough here, boys. Let's pop this thing up and see who else is on the grid. Uh, okay so here's how this works it's a tic-tac-toe board of baseball history we're looking to go nine for nine that's how you become immaculate you have to go nine you get nine guesses to fill out the nine squares if you whiff on one you are not immaculate uh the rarity score is essentially the more obscure the players you can put in here the lower the rarity score for us anything under 50 would be great for us based on our history so we're looking for a twin who was a brewer a twin who was an a and a twin who struck out 200 batters in a season. We're looking for an Oriole who was a brewer, an Oriole who was an A, and an Oriole who had 200 Ks in a season. And then we're looking for a Cardinal who was a brewer, a Cardinal who was an A, and a Cardinal with 200 strikeouts in a season. We arbitrarily put six minutes on the clock just to keep a parameter here. But uh, But today we're going to put 20. (laughs) Dude, the twins are on the grid. All right, I'm starting the clock right now. Okay. 
Let's let's start with the let's just throw some names around here for these twins yep. categories and see how obscure we can get. So for me, we mentioned this guy last week, and I went and looked him up, and I told myself I need to bookmark this when this happens. Hosmil Pinto did have a stop with the Brewers after his flameout with the Twins. Wow. Okay. So you cheated, but not like for this one. You not looked for it this up. one. You, okay, that's fair. No, I've the, I've just known that this would be on here eventually. The old school one was one of the first uh, twins to leave as a free agent. Um, a twin who was a brewer was Larry Heisel. I think Hosmil Pinto is more rare. I, I do too. Okay. But I got to say what I know. Yep. No. Throw it the out. Fans there. need to I mean, hear Kyle me. Kyle Loesch, Paul Molitor. There's a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's going to be. Paul's going to be number one. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, dude. Let's do, let's do Hosmil Pinto. Hosmil Pinto. Come on. Under 1%. One time. Point oh, beautiful. zero six. Hey, hey, before I forget this quickly, um, A, Cardinal, do you guys recall Stephen Piscotty? Yes. Yeah, I remember Piscotty. His yep. mom had... He was, a, he was an A, right? Yeah, yep. and his mom had a- ALS, and I think yep. he lived in the Bay, so the Cardinals traded him home. That's got to be a rare one, right? Uh, um, I don't know if it'll be rare necessarily. It'll be low. Let's the see. the, it's the only one it. I was going to think of was Matt Holliday. Uh, dudes, there's twins on here. Nick Punto, I'm pretty sure played for both the Cardinals okay. and the A's. Yep. Hold Cardinals. on a second on that. I just want to. I'm I'm pretty sure he played. For I'm pretty both sure those you're teams. right. I'm pretty sure he played for the A's. He played for the A's. He played for the Cardinals. He played for the Red Sox because we used him two days ago. Oh, no, I don't think Plouffe went to the Orioles. Well, Valencia played for the A's and the Orioles. Yep. How, how far can we go with just Twins on this grid? All right. right? Valencia is an A and an Oriole, right? Yes. Okay. Let's let's throw him in. Point eight. Point eight percent. Come on. And I'm then pre- I'm pretty Punto, sure, right? Punto I'm... played for the Cardinals for sure, and I'm 90% sure he played yeah. for the A's. I, I think he had a We can save it for the end if you want to make it Yeah, dramatic. save it for the end. Okay, okay, for a twin who was an A, Kill do you guys people. remember Sam Fold? Yeah, Super Fold. Sam Fold? I think he's the, like, the assistant GM there. He's or, the GM, GM of the Phillies, somewhere. right? Is he? Or really? Yeah, yeah he's, he's the GM, GM of the Phillies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what's, was Craig Breslow an A? Because oh, he's boy. another assistant GM. But yeah. Sam Sam Fold would be, pre, I think, Craig Breslow is an up and coming superstar as the Cubs. I would say GM. with twins Fold, connections, Fold or Bobby Kilty. See, I think Kilty is like kind of a twins household name that Fold's people are going to be. Fold's going to be more rare than Kilty. I think is Fold under two percent. I don't know. Let's see, point six. Point, point six. Oh, Sam Fold. Let's go. Okay, for let's. You want to knock out the Twins' 200K season? Camilo Pasquale for sure did it back in the 60s. If you want to start there for like a rarity, yeah, like Blylevin, but Pasquale's good. P A P A S C. There you go. Is there a more rare than Camilo Pasquale? I think it's going to be pretty rare. You guys are sure you got to 200? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. It's a lot of innings back then, so I feel like it's easier to. Yeah. Do it. He yeah. might have been like a. Okay. He was a big strikeout guy. I'm pretty sure he like Great led the ball. league in strikeouts one year. One, one percent. And and right there, he is in a Senators cap. So yeah. take that, oh. youngsters. It's Washington Senators, is the original. Okay, okay. so I'm just like to, I'm trying to rack kids. my brain for these Brewers ones too. Okay, so Kyle Loesch would work for Brewers Cardinals. Yep. Yeah, let's do it, dude. If we can do this with all twins. Come on. Four. Four percent. That's good. That's okay, good. who played for Birds, Brewers? Brewer. Yeah, JJ Hardy, but I think that'll be high. 
let's put that in our bank here. I'm just yep. I'm scribbling down names that we can go back to. So JJ Hardy, we can go back to uh, Nick Punto for the other square. We got we've got those. So let's come back to those later. So let's go 200k. We have uh, two minutes left. We can also say screw that. Um, we need a Cardinal 200 strikeout guy and an Oriole 200 strikeout guy. Well, ba- Baltimore had that great array of pitchers with like Jimmy Palmer and Michael. Uh, um, Robin Roberts. Or, I don't think Robin. He, I think Robin Roberts played for, for the Phillies. Yeah, he played for for did, Philadelphia. Did. I, I, I don't remember a, him. As I feel like Oriole. I have a Robin Roberts Baltimore baseball card. Really? I don't remember him as a. He was Baltimore a Philly Oriole, too. but but you got Jim Palmer, who's going to be high. You've got. Like Mike Flanagan, although I don't know he had 200, but to Declan's point, those guys all pitched a ton of innings back then. Early, early guys, like, I mean, or uh, 90s guys. I mean, Mike Mussina is going to be high on the rarity yeah. score. Did Moose get there? Well, he but lost he's gonna be, so many innings, but like. But if he did, he's going to be really high. I think we should go yeah. back far. I think we need to go back farther. Ubaldo Jimenez pitched for the Orioles, but I don't. he wasn't a big strikeout guy, so I don't think. And he, he wasn't. Great he, for them, right? He was, but he walked so many guys too. I just I don't trust that for two hundred. What, uh, Judd? Are you sure about any of these? I mean, Jim Palmer is a Jim, Hall of Famer. Jim right? Palmer, yeah. I feel like we should do that. Uh, I'm more sure about Punto as an A than Jim Palmer as a two hundred strikeout guy. Really? These old school pitchers, like. Oh, Dude, dang I knew, it! I knew, I dang you. it! How'd you know? I, why would dang you it. know? I told you. How did Jim Palmer not to get to 200 strikeouts? Because they don't strike. Like, guys had no strikeout rates back then. Guys were like 4Ks per nine back in the day. I'm done. I'm done. <sighs> I raised a lot of doubt there, okay? I just want you guys to know that. I'm done. <sighs> I'm done. Okay, now please try Punto as an A. I just want to see no, how I think much you're right we on that. effed ourselves here. Watch it be 0.5%. 0.3%. Are you serious? Damn it. Son of a... Let's. We have two more guesses. Let's let's finish it out. Let's finish it out. Let's finish it out. Uh, JJ Hardy. I mean, JJ Hardy's not going to be that. Did high, Nelson? Maybe. Didn't Nelson Cruz start with the Brewers or Texas or before he went to? He, Texas? Was he a Brewers prospect? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, but I. Did he did play he, for him? Did he did come he up play with him? for him? I think he I came up he as did. a Brewer. He JJ have. Hardy's the common one. I mean, that's pretty, I'm going to look up Jim this Palmer is, now. This is all my fault. This two days in a row. This is two. No, Dude, not two man. Days. I don't know if we can. Tr- we can't trust your old school knowledge anymore. I don't I know. Mean, Jim Palmer. How did Jim Palmer not have two hundred strikes? Chris Carpenter. Jim Pal- oh my god, dude. Oh my god. This what? is the worst beat of all time. Jim Palmer in nineteen seventy had hundred ninety nine strikeouts. God. But by, by the way, though, in three hundred five innings, because these guys didn't Stroh's all pitch to contact back in the day. <sighs> I'm Chris Carpenter oh, for. God. Oh. Dang it. Oh. oh. So we would have been in line, granted, J.J. Hardy, so we would have been in line. What was for, Hardy? Hardy was 23, so he was high. And I used Chris Carpenter for Cardinals. Oh, that's, that's, oh, that's pretty good, boy, dude. Boy. So we would have been, well, we would have been. 109. Look at these years. 75, 193. 77, 193. Yeah, it sounds like below 200 to me. Oh, God, look at these points. Why can't we swear so on this show? Well, we can't. Oh, I'd really like. We to put swear. it on the radio. The problem is we like put that. these shows on the radio, which is FCC regulated. I'd really yeah, like to make my life more difficult. Right Please don't do that. Um, Damn it! We had five guys of one and under, and I'm four sitting of out the under next one. one. That's it. I'm just going to sit out the next one. I'm just not going to oh do anything. Oh my god, that hurts, oh, I'm that dude. Sick. We we rolled through some of these too. I think 
Uh, Here's the thing. Here's the lesson. Old school pitchers' strikeout rates were like four, five, six strikeouts per nine. The new school guys are like eight, nine, ten strikeouts per nine. So when you're thinking about, well, they threw a lot of innings, they also like didn't strike out as many batters. That's a lesson that we're learning the hard way here. Like they called Walter Johnson Uh, the big train. Only five. Oh, and here's the worst thing. Five guys have done it. Here's the worst part. In the year 2000, less than five guys. Mike Mussina had 210 strikeouts. Moose did it. Well, yeah, I uh, think Eric we knew, Bedard did it. We knew Moose did it. Oh, I thought De- I thought Declan questioned it. Oh, I would have pushed I, back I had on some that. Que- at the end of I had some questions, We're looking but for I would have. Rarity rarity yeah. My issue with Mussina was like, he's going to be 40% okay, in right, our rarity all right, score. All right. Well, I just, yeah. I'm effing done right now. Oh, all right. Well, that's a depressing way to end the Scorner Twin Show here. I'd like to apologize. We'll be... I'd like to apologize for the second time in three days. I am. You know what I am? You know what I am? I am. I am April's Max Kepler. It's a tough scene here. Like it's going to be a, a closed door following the Twin Show. You're going to close the clubhouse, and you guys are going to tell me how much I I I suck, and I'm going to brood. It's a tough scene here. Well. We'll what see if the Twins idiot. can take two out of three from the Mets this weekend, and we will regroup Damn with it. another Immaculate Grid on Monday here. It's the so Score Our Twin Show. We just want the Twins to win a playoff idiot. game.